Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, everybody. I'm putting on my pastor hat today. This is Pastor Don, and I am the senior pastor of Life Path Apostolic Agape House of Prayer. And we pray over here. <laughs> I thank and praise God for each and every one of you under the sound of my voice. I am excited about what God is doing in our lives. Yet I have a subject to talk to you all about today that is dear and near to my heart. Very difficult, very challenging uh, discussion that we must have, that we must have. Oh my God, I'm telling you, God is doing a thing. He is healing the body of Christ from the inside out. I don't uh, uh, pretend to have all of the answers. I am not uh, what you would call an expert in the area, but I can share my experiences. And what I do is I hear from God. <laughs> I know without a shadow of a doubt that I hear from the Lord. And I want to share a few things with you all today in the hopes of uplifting, encouraging, and being a blessing in your life. Now, let's get started this morning. Heavenly Father, as we come before your throne today, Lord God, I ask that you will touch each and every person under the sound of my voice. Father God, you know the needs that they have, Lord God. You know every situation and circumstance that they face. Father God, I ask that you will touch them in a mighty way, in a special way, Lord Jesus, on this morning, Lord God, that they will know that you are a true and living God, that you have not forsaken them, nor shall you ever leave them, and that no weapon that is formed against them shall prosper, and every tongue that rises against them in judgment, it shall be condemned. My God, my God, you are a mighty God. You are an awesome God. You are a righteous and a holy God. Oh my God, I thank you today, Lord Jesus, for who you are, for what you have done, for what you are to do in each and every one of our lives. Now, Father God, allow us, Lord Jesus, to hear from you. We ask that you will take full reign and full control, Lord God, over this message this morning, Lord Jesus, that your people will be set free. I thank and praise you, for you are a great and mighty God, and you are greatly to be praised. Now, Father God, use my mouth. Word my mouth, oh Father God, I be Lord Jesus. Let them see you and not me. Father God, I thank you as I surrender to your will. In Jesus' precious and holy name, we pray. Thank God, amen and amen. So let's talk about it. We're going to talk about family. We're going to talk about family. I'm, I'm so grateful to God for my family and, and what God has allowed me to experience in the earth by way of the physical representation of my family members. I'm so in awe of God that he uses us to demonstrate his love, his glory, and, and to help us to relate to who he is by way of having experiences, human experiences, one with another. As you all know, I've been sharing uh, as I come onto the podcast about uh, the recent transitioning of my mother. I just absolutely cannot believe the time is continuing on. My world has been rocked. 
My life has been stopped. But yet these days, these hours, these minutes, these moments, these seconds continue to flow and go and go and go. (laughs) Sometimes I feel like my head is spinning when I look up at the calendar and take a look at the clock and I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. We are almost, we are almost at a month to the day of my mother's passing. You never could have convinced me two months ago I would be in this place and in this space and having this experience. But I am grateful to God. I am grateful to God that she is resting in his loving arms. It is difficult for me because the selfishness in me wants her to be here. But I know that her body was not ready Uh, It it was not healthy, is what I'm trying to say. It was not mobile enough for her, and it was giving out, and he welcomed her back home. And I'm so grateful to God that he doesn't listen to me (laughs) all the time, because I would have her here forever and ever, 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 ever. But anyway, nonetheless, having this experience with my mother over the past few months as her health began to decline, has afforded me the opportunity to re-engage and reconnect with my family. And again, I'm grateful to God because many um, uh, lessons, many lessons have been learned. And I'm so grateful. I'm telling you, I love God. I love him so much because not only will he expose me, he will help me to... to, uh, sharpen my discernment, my discernment uh, concerning things. Amen. So we want to talk through it. I want to share some of my experiences. Hopefully it will help some people as we continue this journey in Christ. Amen. But I wanted to share just a couple of scriptures uh, as as we start out, I don't know how this thing is going to uh, progress, <laughs> but I'm going to allow the Holy Spirit to to uh, have His way. Yet I wanted to start with these scriptures uh, before I get too into <laughs> chatting it up. Okay, all right, Matthew 10, uh, 34 through 37 in the uh, ESV Bible, the Word of God says. Do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. The word of God says, For I have come to set a man against his father, and a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and a person's enemies will be those of his own household. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Now let's go to Romans 16 and 17. It says, I appeal to you, brothers, watch out for those who cause divisions and create obstacles contrary to the doctrine that you have been taught. Avoid them. 1 Corinthians 5 and 11, it says, But now I am writing to you not to associate with anyone who bears the name of brother if he is guilty of sexual immorality or greed 
or is an idolater, rivaler, drunkard, or swindler, not even to eat such a one. Not even to eat with such a one. We don't want to be eating, folks. Galatians 6 and 1, it says, Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. 1 Samuel 18 and 1, it says, As soon as he had finished speaking to Saul, the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David, and Jonathan loved him as his whole as his own soul. Matthew 6 and 7, it says, Do not give dogs what is holy, and do not throw your pearls before pigs, lest they trample them underfoot and turn to attack you. Numbers 14 and 19, it says, The Lord is slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, forgiving iniquity and and transgression. But he will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation. First Timothy 3 uh, and 2, it says, Therefore, an overseer must be above reproach. The husband of one wife, sober-minded, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach. Ephesians 5 and 31, it says, Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. Proverbs 6 and 16 through 19, it says, There are six things the Lord hates, seven that are an abomination to him, haughty eyes, a lying tongue, and hands that shed blood, innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that make haste to run to evil, a false witness who breathes out lies, and one who sows discord among brothers. Second Corinthians 6 and 14, it says, Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers, for what Partnership has righteousness with lawlessness, or fellowship has light with darkness. 1 Corinthians 11, verses 1 through 34, the word of God says, Be imitators of me as I am of Christ. Now I commend you because you remember me and everything and maintain the traditions even as I delivered them to you. But I want you to understand that the head of every man is Christ, and the head of a wife is her husband, and the head of Christ is God. Every man who prays or prophesies with his head covered dishonors his head, but every wife who prays or prophesies with her head covers dishonors her head, since it is the same as if her head was unshaven. 1 Corinthians 7 and 15, it says, But if the unbelieving partner separates, let it be so. In such cases, the brother or sister is not enslaved. God has called 
you to peace. 1 Corinthians 6 and 17, it says, But he who is joined to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. Matthew 6, verses 1 through 34, the word of God says, Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward for your Father who is in heaven. Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. And the Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, and they may that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. I just got a few more that I want to read here. Uh, Psalms 151 through 6, it says, Praise the Lord, praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his mighty deeds. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with triumph sound. Praise him with lute and harp. Praise him with tambourine and dance. Praise him with strings and pipe. Praise him with sounding cymbals. Praise him with loud clashing cymbals. Revelation 14 and 12. It says, here is a call for the endurance of the saints. Those who come, the those who keep the commandments of God and their faith in Jesus Christ. Galatians 5, 6. 5 and 16, but I say, walk by spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Matt, I mean, Mark 10, 11 through 12. And he said to them, whoever divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery against her. And if she divorces her husband and marries another, she commits adultery. Zechariah 14, 1 through 21, it says, behold, a day is coming for the Lord when the spoil taken from you will be divided in your midst. For I will gather all nations against Jerusalem to battle and the city will be taken and the houses plundered and the women raped. Half of the city will go out into exile, but the rest of the people shall not be cut off from the city. Then the Lord will go out and fight against those nations as he as when he fights on a day of battle. On that day, his feet shall stand on the Mount of Olives that lies before Jerusalem on the east and on the Mount of Olives that shall be split in two from east to west by a very wide valley so that one half of the mount shall be mount northward and the other half southward and you shall flee to the valley of my mountains for the valley of the mountain shall reach Azal and you shall flee as you fled from the earthquake earthquake in the days of Uzziah king of Judah 
Then the Lord, my God, will come and the holy ones with him. Deuteronomy 24 and 16, it says, Father shall not, Father shall not be put to death because they're of their children, nor shall children be put to death because of their fathers. Each one shall be put to death for his own sin. Deuteronomy 23 and 2. No one born of a forbidding unit union, no one born of a forbidding union may enter the assembly of the Lord. Even to the 10th generation, none of his descendants may enter the assembly of the Lord. Galatians 5 and 6, for in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything, but only faith working through love. John 3, 16 and, and through 17, the word of God says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Numbers 3 verses 1 through 51, the word of God says, these are the generations of Aaron and Moses that the time of the Lord spoke These are the generations of Aaron and Moses at the time when the Lord spoke with Moses on Mount Sinai. These are the names of the sons of Aaron, Naab, the firstborn, and Abihu, Elijah, y'all know I'm bad with names, and Ithamar. These are the names of the sons of Aaron, the appointed priest whom he ordained served as priest, but Nabab and Abihu died before the Lord when they offered unauthorized fire before the Lord in the wilderness of Sinai, and they had no children. And Eleazar, my goodness, now y'all know I know that name. So Eleazar and Ithamar served as priests in the lifetime of Aaron, his father. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, in Revelations 12, 1 through 17, the word of God says, and a great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and the with the moon under her feet and on her head, a crown of 12 stars. She was pregnant and was crying out in birth pains and the agony of giving birth. And another sign appeared in heaven. Behold, a great red dragon with seven heads and horns on his head, seven diadems. His tail swept down the third of the stars of heaven and cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman who was about to give birth so that when she bore her child, he might devour it. She gave birth to a male child, one who is to rule all the nations with a rod of iron. But her child was caught up by God and to his throne. James 5 and 20 says, Let him know that whoever brings back a sinner from his wandering 
will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. First Thessalonians uh, 4, 16 through 18, the word of God says, for the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of the archangel, angel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the cloud to meet the Lord in the air so that we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Romans 1, 1 through 32. The word of God says, Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle set apart for the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures concerning his son, who was descended from David according to the flesh and was declared to be the son of God in power according to the spirit of holiness by his resurrection from the dead. Jesus, our Lord, through whom we are we have received grace and apostleship to bring about obedience of faith for the sake of his name among the nations. Proverbs 31, 6-7 Give strong drink to the one who is perishing and wine to those in bitter distress. Let them drink and forget their poverty and remember their misery no more. Deuteronomy 5 and, and 9 it says, you shall not bow down to them or serve them. For I, <clears throat> the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generations who hate me. Exodus 23, 7 through 11. The word of God says, when a man sells his daughter as a slave, as a slave she shall not go out as the male slaves do. If she does not please her master who who has designated for her for himself then he shall let her be redeemed he shall not he shall have no right to sell her to a foreign people since he has broken faith with her if he designates her for his son he shall deal with her as with a daughter. If he takes another wife to himself, he shall not diminish her food, clothing, or her material rights. And if he does not do these three things for her, she shall go out for nothing without payment of money. Exodus 25. 20 and 5, the word of God says, you shall not bow down to them or serve them. For I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me. Revelations 11, 1 through 19. Then I was given a measuring rod like a staff. And I was told, rise and measure the temple of God and the altar and those who worship there, but do not measure the count outside 
Do not measure the court outside the temple. Leave that out for it is given over to the nations and they will trample the holy city for 42 months. And I will grant authority to my two witnesses and they will prophesy for 1,260 days clothed in sackcloth. These are the two olive trees and the two lampstands that stand before the Lord of the earth. And if anyone would harm them, fire pours from their mouth and consumes their foes. If anyone should harm them, this is how he is doomed to be killed. I thank God for the reading of his word. I thank God for the power that is in his word. And I pray that you all will go back and rewind uh, this recording and go through the word of God. I'm going to try to get through uh, some of these scriptures so that we can get uh, further clarification on these scriptures. But I want to get into this message. But I wanted to start out by giving you the word of God. Amen. So you can stop here if you want. You can go back and rewind because I'm going to stop and end this segment and begin anew. All right, let's try this again. Praise the Lord, everybody. I want to get into this topic today, and I I just want to take a moment, take a few moments. Let's talk about family. Let's talk about the structure and the dynamics of family. As I share with you early in today's podcast that God has granted me uh, and allowed me the ability to spend more time with my family and to gain many, many lessons learned, (laughs) some time of reflection and uh, some decisions uh, that were necessary uh, to be made. But I just wanted to come and talk because I know that if God is allowing me to explore life through these challenges, that there's someone out there that is listening under the sound of my voice who may be going through the same thing, maybe at a greater magnitude, maybe at a lesser magnitude, but someone who can relate and that can yield or receive from what God has has given to me. So as I stated before, my mother uh, had been declining in her health and uh, the family began to rally around her. And as we started rallying around her, we had to engage with one another I shared with one of my sisters, you know, I felt over the years, uh, because I've had a very strained relationship with my family, and I have my ideals of why, you know, other people have their ideals of why, but nonetheless, I share with her that I felt that over the years, I've had a relationship with my mother, uh, but not with her children or my siblings. I, I kind of you know, distanced myself and separated myself for my own reasons. Uh, But certain ones I would interact with every now and then, but I never felt that connectivity to the family. And she and I uh, had several conversations over the time that we were able 
uh, to spend together, you know, right before my mother's passing and soon after. And uh, she began to share perspective. And I'm the type, I'm, I'm one. I'm not trying to change your mind, right? We all have our reality. We all have our truth about our reality. And so I'm always respectful of someone's right to have their own perspective. Although on occasion, I will try to share uh, my input so that you have a greater understanding of where I'm coming from. But but that is on rare occasion lately. <laughs> the older I get, the less I feel inclined to share my point of view. You believe what you want to believe. I believe what I want to believe, and we keep it pushing. Uh, but anyway, we got into a conversation around my experience in the family. And uh, she had shared with me, well, I never knew that you felt like the black sheep in the family. And I never knew that, you know, you, you had this, this opinion until it was brought to my attention. And I was, I was actually astonished uh, that, she said, that she said that, <laughs> because this is a sibling uh, that as we were growing up, we had a lot of contention uh, between each other. And, and, and to be honest, I, I didn't feel like she liked me, but she told me she never disliked me, but I don't know. But nonetheless, uh, she was sharing with me <clears throat> how she never saw me as, uh, you know, the black sheep of the family. She never saw me as a separate part. And and I'm, you know, I'm sucking it up because I'm in a very vulnerable, emotional place in a space in my life where I'm watching the decline of my mother. I'm trying to be a support with my family while struggling with my own battle of um, uh, disconnect, you know, with, with the family and not feeling as if I was a part. But when God allowed me to step away uh, from that environment, he allowed me to have perspective, uh, different perspective. And uh, while I, I don't feel that my sister was intentionally gaslighting me, I, I, I really don't. I don't. I feel like the things that she said was authentic from her heart, from that space and place of time. And, and sometimes I think people forget uh, you know, some of the challenges that we've had in the past and, and, and some of the things. So I'm good with let bygones be bygones. We'll remember what we remember and forget what we forget. But then I started thinking about it from a holistic view. I had a, a incident a couple of years ago when my mom had first um, uh, gotten uh, ill or when we first found out about it, because, you know, over the days I'm starting to believe that this lady knew some stuff, <laughs> you know, for quite some time. But nonetheless, um, had, a, had a challenge with one of my siblings and, and he threatened me, you know, in a way that I felt was inappropriate and, and disrespectful. And he and I had a conversation uh, later, maybe a couple of years later, because I had totally disconnected from him and, and decided, look, you know, you you good over there, I'm good over here. Uh, and because our, our paths never crossed frequently, uh, it wasn't until <laughs> a few years later 
that we had come to an impasse. And I shared with him, you know, well, because of that disrespect, uh, I, I, you are not welcome in my home uh, and so forth. And so he said, I, that never happened. I never said those things that never happened. It never, you know, and so as I was reflecting, as I got back home and I started reflecting over the conversations uh, that I had with my sister, and I started reflecting over the incidents over the years uh, that I encountered uh, with the family, I realized that there is a a steady theme of, you know, these things have never happened. We don't want to acknowledge them or you're something's wrong with you that you thought or you perceived things to be this way. Uh, when we were, um, after my mom had passed and we were going through and cleaning out our house, I had a conversation with one of my other sisters about an incident that occurred. And she said, I'm sorry that you felt this and I'm sorry that you experienced this and you feel this way about the family. And it was almost condescending, you know, the way that she said it, because it was, you have taken a posture or a position that these things had never happened to me. So I got to the point where um, I, I began to pray because the pain of the, the, um, what is the word that I want to, to use, you know, the, the pain of having the estranged relationships with my siblings is very difficult because I love, I love hard. I love, love, love very hard. And um, it's, it's very difficult. It's very painful. And so I made a decision maybe a few days ago because I am trying to process through the grieving uh, period, having lost my mom, and, and it brings up, it's, it's funny because this experience has unearthed many of my past hurts that I felt were either resolved or buried years back. So it's causing me to, while I'm, you know, rolling the wheel here, trying to deal with, you know, the fact that my mom has transitioned and I'm, I'm, I'm putting on a good face, you know, I want to be happy because I know where she is, but at the same time, I'm missing her. And she and I have had some wonderful, wonderful experiences, and I'm so grateful. I'm telling you, I'm grateful for the friendship that she and I developed, but we also had some strains in our relationship. And so I'm working through some of those things while at the same time trying to engage and and still participate and still be a part of my family. Many of us in our core, you know, family group, there are 12 siblings, we do not share the same core values. Now, I'm not saying any are better or worse. I'm just saying that they are different. And because our core values are different, uh, I tend to 
you know, separate when when the conversations start going in a direction that is not congruent with my current lifestyle. And so I'll step away, you know, and try to be away. But I decided that in order for me to be able to heal effectively, because I understand my own mental, spiritual, and even physical health needs, uh, that I needed to kind of take a break, take a break (laughs) for a moment. And so I proposed to the family. I said, you know, you guys are in constant communication. They opened up one of those um, uh, threads. uh, uh, I want to say text, you know, threads that they communicate through. And uh, I said, can you all start a new thread and remove me? And, and, And one of my siblings said, nope. (laughs) we ain't gonna do that we stuck like glue and I knew that it came from a place of love I I really do I never questioned it I knew that it came from a good space but it was not um, it was not reflective of valuing my um, my needs right my emotions my needs or whatever but I understood where he was coming from, so it was it was no offense there, but it prompted me to have to take approaches to to separate myself. <laughs> so I said, "Look, you know, I got to, because the way that my mind is just spinning and spinning and spinning, and you've got one situation after the other, one unsolved, unresolved emotion." after another and yet I'm still you know I'm nursing my pains and then you know my family unit as a whole we're we're going through the grieving process and life is not stopping life just won't stop I'm telling you stuff is just happening 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 so I had to separate myself because one thing about me is that I love my family so much that I have allowed the um, effects of of my relationship with them to kind of pull me into a dark space and a dark place. And so I had to make the conscious and cognitive decision to separate myself. And that's what I want to talk about today. Sometimes we have to separate ourselves. I was... I was so taken aback. I, my feelings were hurt because my my um, my my claim to the family has always been that I felt like an outsider, and I felt like an outsider uh, because physically, right? Many years ago, I was removed from my parents' home, so I had experiences outside of the home, living outside of the home. I was initially removed from the home at 14 years old, and then at 17, I left permanently and and never went back. And so I, I didn't have the opportunity to grow and build bonds uh, with certain family members. And as a result of that, I felt you know, over the years as they build their silos and their cliques, I'm outside of the clique. And so as I allowed myself to be vulnerable and expressing that and sharing that, 
it almost felt like because I spoke up to that truth, right? Because I showed or demonstrated that side of my emotions, I felt like it was taken and it was used or weaponized against me. And so, you know, even as I was um, engaging, you know, with my family, I got so frustrated with them uh, because there was an item that I had purchased for my mother and I had made the determination. I said, I don't want nothing. I don't want nothing. I, I had did the same thing with my dad when my dad passed away and my mom, you know, she was calling me. She said, well, we got this money and, and your dad had these things left over and, you know, I, I want to give you this and that. I said, mom, I don't want nothing. I want my daddy back, you know, and I feel the same way with my mother. I don't want nothing. I want my mama back. And, and, and really, you know, it's not so profound. It's just these things remind me that she's gone, right? So if I look up, there was a, uh, a doll uh, that, I cre- that I made for my mom. And a little, it was my first doll uh, that I created. And I put in this pretty little house or whatever. And I sent it to her. And I saw it at the house after she had passed. And I left it. Because if I was to take it and bring it with me, every time I look at it, it will remind me that I have it and she doesn't. So it's nothing, you know, truly profound around that. It's just that I don't want uh, anything from the home, or I didn't at the time. But as I was sitting there and we were going through things, I started seeing, you know, pictures and other things like that. I'm like, okay, well, maybe I'll take that, maybe I'll take that. But this particular item... I said, uh, because my sister asked me, she said, do you want this? And I said, well, yeah, I I guess I'll take it. (laughs) I'll take it. And so I had had some tensions with uh, one of my siblings because, and, and, and let me be clear, I was inappropriate. I, Dawn, who is a servant of God, who knows better spiritually, emotionally, and all of these things, I was inappropriate because I was having a catty, gossipy exchange with my sister, and she didn't respond the way that I expected based on the bond that I thought she and I had. She didn't respond the way that I expected that she would respond, and my feelings got bruised. And so the Holy Spirit convicted me real quick and said, wait a minute, you out of order. (laughs) You should be having those types of engagements with her nonetheless. You know, we did. And so uh, uh, we had that engagement, I mean, that, that, that encounter. And this item that my sister asked me, she said, well, do you want this? And I said, yes, you know, I want it. And so I'm irritated, <laughs> you know, all the time that I'm there. I'm one, I'm irritated because... I'm I'm frustrated that my mom is gone. I just want to scream. I want to cry. So any and everything that's happening around me is further irritating me. But one of the things that I committed to when I came to Detroit was I would not be the problem. I would not be the problem. So, So I got irritated by something that one of my sisters did, and I was so frustrated with her, and I felt it was intentional. And so I said, let me get up out of here. <laughs> so I got up and I and I left and uh, 
came, sent my daughter back the next day, and the item that I wanted had been uh, dismantled. It had been taken apart. And when she brought it back to me and she explained, she said, well, when my auntie picked it up, the bottom part fell out. And I and I said, how, how in the world would somebody do something? I said, I didn't want nothing over there. But one thing, and, and here again, you know, this, this taunting, this bullying, this antagonizing behavior towards me is, is just, is immature and childish. And my feelings were extremely hurt because I felt, I said, well, you know, if, if anything, my, with my irritation, I probably have said some words, but I don't feel that I've done anything to anyone, especially to warrant them, uh, uh, damaging, you know, my property or what I stated that I wanted because I wouldn't have done that. But anyway, nonetheless, make a long story short, we found out how it happened. And the person that did it said they didn't do it intentionally. And, you know, that's between them and God, whether or not they did. But my feelings were hurt. And so I came over to the house and I came into the house and I was I was upset. I was in passion. But I wasn't, I was very careful not to be disrespectful. So I came into the house, I opened the door, I came in and I addressed the ones that I saw. And then I made the decision that anything, you know, value that over the last few weeks that I had purchased from my mom, I was going to take those items because I didn't want anyone to damage uh, what, what I had contributed just because it's me. And so this is my mindset, good, bad, or indifferent, right or wrong. This is the mindset that I had. And um, and so I acted on it. And so I came in and, and uh, you know, my sister and I were talking and, and she's trying to compel me that, you know, it's not what you think. And, you know, this is not how things are happening and, you know, all of that. And so you know, at the time, I felt like she was gaslighting me, <laughs> you know, like, come on now, we, we let's just be real with each other. This is the situation. I was inappropriate to have had that exchange with you to begin with, which is why God allowed it to happen this way. I don't blame you because sometimes God will harden, you know, someone's heart to get you corrected. I needed to get corrected real quick because I was out of bounds. But nonetheless, to damage my property, you know, it, it, it just it was it had taken things to another level. And, and I feel I felt at the time a point of no return for me and this person, because I said, even if let's just say you were playing with it, <laughs> you knew that it was something that I wanted. Why would you even if you, you know, because she said, well, I was I was just taking it apart and putting it back, but maybe I didn't put it back right. Why wouldn't you just ensure, knowing the situation, knowing the circumstance, and knowing how it could be perceived, why wouldn't you just take the little bit of extra time to kind of put it back together? But I, I even, you know, I saw when uh, um, it, was, it was bent a little bit, so that was the first thing. It was bent a little bit, and then a little piece on the inside was severed. So it was broken. So that means either you had to be using force 
or you had to, you know, just really just strip it out, you know. So, but anyway, I'm not trying to analyze it. I, woman to woman, if you said that, it, you know, you didn't mean to do it, I can only accept that. Uh, I don't necessarily believe it, but that's at this point between you and God. But nonetheless, the point that I'm making is when I came into the home and I was very impassioned and I had started engaging uh, with with my family and, you know, just upset. And so my behavior showed that I was upset. My demeanor showed that I was upset, but I was not any more upset or any more uh, animated than anyone else had been since we had come to that home uh, for a couple of weeks. But I got a call. I got a call for one of my sisters. And she was so, it felt like she was so disappointed. She was extremely hurt. She was, she was so bothered by my actions that she even said, if we get to the funeral, and I pass out, what are y'all going to do? And something in me broke in that moment because I've always felt like my family members will exaggerate my response to things that happen. They'll, they'll, they'll blow it out of proportion. I'm, I'm there like, what? <laughs> we walked in the door to an argument. We walked in the place to to friction and and all of this, but me coming in, you know, and she even made the statement about, you know, you could have had a gun and if someone walked in on you like that, how would you feel? And I'm thinking to myself, because my mind doesn't think like that. And And I, honest to God, in my mind, just saw myself opening the door. I saw myself opening the door. I came in like I would have at any other time but when I came into the house, see, I, I never thought anybody had a, a problem with how I entered the house. I thought the issue was how I addressed people, which was, you know, I, I apologize for that because it was inappropriate because I should have allowed myself to kind of think through how to approach it. And I didn't think through how to approach it. But but that showed me that there is a a disconnect between my relationship with my siblings in that they don't know me like they know each other. They don't know me like they know each other. So I said, it's better for me to back up and to back away because I was just astonished of everything that was going on. You know, once again, Dawn, Dawn is the, you know, the villain. And um, it really hurt my feelings. So it took me to a place of reflection. And so I'm all about reflecting and understanding my role and the things that I can do better and the things that I have done. And I began to ask God to expose me to me Because sometimes when we get into our emotions, when we get into, you know, our place of of self-righteousness, we feel like we write, we write, we write. And I don't, you know, take that position. But sometimes I get so blinded by my emotions and so blinded by my pain that I cannot see or focus. And so days had passed and I was having conversations uh, 
with a sibling and, and she said to me, don't go back and do this to your family. Do not go back and, and put this off on your family. And I had to step away and say, these people view me in a particular light. In their mind, I am dawn of A, B, C, and D, not understanding that my relationship with my family is not toxic or strained. While we do have some difficulties, right? Every family has their challenges. Every family has their difficulties. And we have gone through some things. But trust and believe, I'm not a, a toxin to my family. And if you knew me, you know, if we had that rapport or that relationship, you would know and understand that, that I am very nurturing. I'm very, you know, I pour into my family. I pour into my children. And again, you know, we've dealt with some rebellion, you know, throughout the years with our children. And we've dealt with some challenges in the family that, you know, we're still healing from because we're not perfect. But the perception that is weighted or or that is made without any tangible facts, you know, because I can say I, I just haven't, you know, we we can't go back and say we've had, you know, tons of of uh Thanksgivings together or tons of Christmases or family vacations or, you know, check-ins to understand, you know, how the kids doing in school or what's the graduation dates or wedding dates or things like that. I just don't have that relationship or that rapport, but that judgment, that judgment seed, it and like I said, I'm the one I process, I analyze stuff. And I'm not upset or offended by anybody. I'm just stating the facts because I want someone who is listening to me to be bold enough to know and to understand that your feelings, your emotions, what you go through are valuable. They're valid. And nobody and no one can take away from you your experience. And all of that, I, I <laughs> it's funny, I had a dream. My mom had come to me in a dream, and and I and I was just yelling. I hate when people get passive aggressive. You know, my mom, she she's always that one to correct me. And she said it was something to the effects of, "How do you like the alternative?" You know, and and she was talking about more on the aggressive side. But it's something about me that gets frustrated when people try to gaslight me. It's something about me that gets frustrated when people try to to um, diminish my experiences, you know, just like when I was sharing, my one sister was saying, well, I'm sorry that you have to feel this way about the family. Well, wait a minute. Don't be sorry that I, that I feel this way. Stop gossiping about me. Stop talking about me behind my back. Stop treating me like an outsider. Stop exposing the things that I have privately shared with you to others that you know that I would never share those things. I allowed you in my inner courts, <laughs> you know, with information, you know, and here you are, got me on speakerphone, and I don't even know, and I'm sharing things, I'm pouring my heart out. But again, I, 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 I recognize that it, it is inappropriate. It is absolutely inappropriate for me to deal with things with someone else 
that I am not willing to deal with with that individual. So I was out of line. I felt a bond or a, a relationship that I felt that there was a level of loyalty, but God exposed it in such a way that I did not take offense, but I took accountability. I was accountable for my participation in the actions and the act and how things turned out. But nonetheless, <laughs> you know, don't don't treat me like what I'm saying is not true because you were there. You were there when I wasn't. You were a part of those conversations when I was not. And you know uh, the clickishness and, and, and you know that I am the outsider. I remember when we first started on this journey as my mom's um, uh, health began to decline uh, and I started engaging, you know, with the family and somebody said, well, well, you know, we, we gonna keep it real. We're not gonna act like, you know, we talk this way or we act this way. And I'm like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. You know, you are who you are. I am who I am. And we apparently are two different people with vastly different life experiences. So if I communicate in this way, it is because this is who I am. It is because this is the person that I have evolved into being. And I don't think I ever met the one that you thought that I was, (laughs) you know. But nonetheless, you know, I'm not a part of that. I've never felt a part of that. And I don't feel that on either end, we've ever made the um, effort to bring me into a part of it. And so I'm okay with it. I'm okay with being an outsider. I'm okay with being the black sheep. I'm even okay with severing ties because if I cannot help you, I'm telling you, I don't want to be a part of your life to hurt you. I want to be and um, an enhancement to the quality of your life. And if I can't do that, I'd rather not even be in your presence. And so as I began to, to seek God and, and just really um, put, it all, put it all in his hands and just say, God, you know and understand my heart concerning my family. You know and understand the love that I have for these people. And you, of anybody else, know the pain uh, that I have experienced. And I, you know, I'm not trying to sugarcoat anything, and I'm most definitely not going to diminish the impact of the things that have happened to me uh, over the years, even though, like I said, we all forget, you know, we forget the times when, you know, we we separated ourselves and didn't want to associate with certain family members because they didn't live up to the image, you know, of the standard of the family. Uh, I remember, you know, people coming to me and telling me certain family members didn't want to be bothered or didn't want to deal with me because of things that they had heard, not valid um, facts. You know, being in, and I, I think one time I had a sibling 
that was on my block, maybe two houses down, and and I didn't even know that they were visiting uh, a, a family that lived up the street from me, and 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 they literally pretended like they did not know me. I'm talking about these are real experiences, uh, you know, sharing uh, misinformation uh, to my father about me that that caused one of the. Uh, I guess, worst, most brutal uh, abuse uh, incidents that I've had with him, you know, but we all can pretend and I'm okay with pretending. But the question I had to ask myself as I went through that experience is, would my life be happier? Would it be healthier? And would it be more peaceful if I distanced myself from the toxicity that my family experienced. And, and, and so here's what I want to make clear because I know the individuals will hear this and they'll make their own assumptions and I'm okay with that. But there is a toxic, uh, uh, what's the word I want to say? It's, it's just a toxic culture, toxic culture within my family. Uh, we are very negative. We 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 put down instead of lift up. You know, we always you know making jokes and and so negative. We don't respect each other's boundaries. We don't respect each other's. Um, you know, we don't consider one above the other. So uh, above ourselves, in other words, we. We, we are very selfish. Uh, we have narcissistic traits and tendencies where we lack the ability to empathize with one another when it um, uh, causes us discomfort. And I'm struggling with my words because I, I need to say things um, the right way. But, but I don't believe that God has instructed me to cut my family off. I I really don't believe that. I believe that God is permitting me to take this time of separation so that I can decompress and I can come back because I know my role and function in this family. I know everything that I had suffered as a result of the abuse and, you know, the things that I suffered over the years was not done in vain. These things were done because God allowed me to be the sacrifice because he knew that I was the gift. And so whenever I am functioning or operating outside of being a gift to my family, and we all know what a gift is. A gift is something that brings joy and peace and happiness and makes you happy. Whenever I am functioning outside of that role, I got to get back. (laughs) I got to get back. So I don't believe that God um, is, is telling me to cut them off. But I do believe God is saying I need to step back and I need to separate myself so that I can come back and I can establish those healthy boundaries that are necessary for me to be a 
critical enhancement to their lives. And what I mean by this is the love that God has given me for this family is a love that each of them, should they reap it or redeem it, can benefit from. You understand? The gift that God has given me for this family is love. The gift that God has given me for this family is agape love, unconditional love, love that says no matter who you are, who you were, or what you've done, I yet love you. And because I love you, not just by my words, but by deeds and my actions and my heart, I will be a benefit to your life because I know that it's not about what I can receive from you for what God has put in me for you to receive. But when you think about the behavior such as lying, blaming, criticizing, manipulating, overreacting, invalidating or ignoring, you know, one's feelings, undermining our relationships with our spouses, with our children, with our relatives. And that's that's another thing. That's another thing. I I, I kind of draw the line there because you can you can have whatever perspective you have about me with me and you. But when it comes to children or my children, don't engage my children with any type of, of concerns that you have, especially when you have an audience with me. Don't talk to my kids, talk to me. Because I wouldn't talk to your children. I would talk directly to you. But undermining that relationship in such a way that, <laughs> I'm going to make a joke. I'm going you know, to go to Dawn's husband and I'm going to say, I, I think my husband told me, one of my sisters said, when she see me, she had some, some um, uh, spray. She said, I'm going to spray her. You know, that it's disrespectful. It's, it's, it's further antagonistic behavior and, and that, that attacking and bullying and things like that that I experienced from my youth that was uncovered during this season of transition, right? And even thinking, oh, well, I'm going to tell your husband, you know, this and that about who you are and all of these things about uh, uh what you are. It's, it's not a joking manner when you already see me in a negative light. You're, you're coming under the guise of a joke, but you're not joking. You're further perpetuating that toxic behavior, you know, that uh, passive-aggressive behavior, gaslighting, <laughs> you know, refusing to compromise, you know, yelling, cussing, calling people out of their names, belittling, you know, people's values and beliefs or, or their choices, you know, when, when our family members gossip or speak ill of, of us behind our back, making unreasonable demands, you know, expecting us to help them but not available to be a help to us, you know, playing the victim or villainizing the victim, you know, not taking responsibility for their own behavior. There are so many issues that I feel we need to heal from. And I cannot be an agent of change, a conduit to healing for others through Christ Jesus if I am not healed myself. I'm telling you, 
I experienced, you know, I'm going there and, and, and I had in my mind, I'm going to love on everybody. I just want to love, love, love. I don't want to, you know, because I got a reputation of being uh, negative or whatever it is that people think about me or say about me. I just want to love. But baby, when I tell you, <laughs> ooh, I had to back up because I was afraid of being a toxic entity in the midst of all that we were going through. And see, my toxicity is uh, highlighted above all others because, again, I'm not a part of the clique. I'm not, and, and, and it's a good thing. It's an awesome thing because when I ask God to shine the floodlights of heaven on me and show me those things that are not in alignment with his will and the, the stuff that I miss <laughs> or the stuff that I overlook, baby, you better believe it's going to come out by them family members that say, oh, she the problem, she the problem, she the problem. But guess what? I don't take offense. I take the meat and I throw out the bones. If if I am creating a problem, I fix it. I fix it. It the the thing that hurts me the most is when my feelings are being minimized. When you minimize my uh, uh, my feelings and 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 make it seem like I'm just making things up. That irritates me. It hurts. It's very painful to be invalidated by people that you love. And then you feel the guilt of saying, look, all right, you know, I love y'all, but I got to separate myself. One, so I can get myself together. Two, so that I can decipher how and who I need to engage with. The Bible never tells us. A lot of times we get uh, confused. I'm not going to say we get confused, but we get misled into believing that, well, you just need to forgive. You need to forgive and forget. The Bible never tells us to forgive unholiness. The Bible never tells us to forgive unrighteousness and it never tells us to do something that God is not going to do, which is to forgive sin. So yes, I'm I'm about forgiving and and giving second chances, (laughs) but you got to come out of that sin. You got to come out of that, you know, Come on now. We all are human. We all fall short of the glory. We all make mistakes. But you got to be willing to turn. You got to be willing to turn from your mistakes. I acknowledge when 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 I had that encounter with one of my sisters, you know, I acknowledged my part. So I had no business. I, I was the I was the originator. Had I not started where I started, this would have never been, you know, an experience. (laughs) I started it. 
So I had to acknowledge it. I had to acknowledge it. I had another sister uh, who said to me, um, you know, because I challenged her, I was getting so irritated. I was getting so aggravated that every time I would talk to her, instead of her coming back to me and having a conversation, she would go to someone else. And this was the behavior that I was challenging her on. And when I challenged her on it, again, you know, with the gaslighting, she wanted to make it seem like, no, this is not what happened. I didn't do that. I didn't have time to do that. And, you know, but anyway, it was a petty situation. And so I instantly acknowledged, I said, look, I apologize. She said, well, I can't accept your apology. I said, okay, well, you grown, I'm grown. You can, you cannot or, or, or do. But, but nonetheless, it didn't change my position on her behavior, but I accepted accountability for how I was making her feel. Fast forward, maybe a few days later, she called and ripped me from the top to the bottom about something that, to me, I felt was nominal. It it just, it was asinine to me that she would even bring this to me, let alone be the way that she was. And and the conversation ended with her hanging up on me. And and at that point, I had decided that she was definitely going to be cut off. But when I decided she was going to be cut off, we still had things that we had to work through for my mother uh, and things that we had to go through. But I said, that level of disregard and disrespect to where I felt that it was it was a, a sense of entitlement to where she felt that she was engaging with certain family members and why didn't I know that this was happening? I said, well, wait a minute. You know, you're talking about a bunch of grown people, you and I together or collectively as part of the family was engaging with these individuals for these two events. And it was information that you say you didn't know. I, I still, to this day, I honestly don't know that she knew or didn't know. I, the first event, I knew that maybe she didn't know because she had made a decision to cut me out of communications uh, at the end, at the end part. But that family member had come back to me because he and I were dealing with the financial side of it and he had come back to me. And so anyway, she didn't know. So maybe, maybe not. But the second event, I thought that she was more uh, in tune to what was going on, but she shared she wasn't. I'm like, okay, that's fine. But here you are bringing that to me being very disrespectful with a sense of entitlement like you know who are you to even deal with these people and I'm like wait a minute (laughs) all the time I'm dealing with my siblings I'm like who do you people think you are or who do you think I am you know that we can engage like this I would never I would never approach anyone that way because I'm always conscious of I don't want to be an issue. But you talked to me in this manner and you never once came back and apologized for your behavior because you see me as a sub part of the family. You see me as someone that is not 
a part of the inner core. And because of that, you can treat me any kind of way. Because I've been in conversations where we've talked through situations with other family members and you're like, well, no, we maybe we shouldn't do, maybe we shouldn't do. But then when it comes to me, it's okay for you to blow up totally inappropriate conversation. And at the end of it, you didn't even call the outside family member and had the conversation that you said you were going to have, but yet you just ripped me. And and so that particular family member is is definitely, you know, I, I don't know. I got to pray about it. I might be wrong for the cutoff, but she, she, it's, it's, it's a separation, separation. You know, but the rest of the family, I am, I am on a sabbatical, um, you know, to help myself to heal so that I won't be a harm or a challenge to the family. It's not that I feel like I'm better. It's not that I feel like I'm um, right. It's just that I know And I acknowledge that there has to be a separation so that I can heal, so that I can come back and I can be a blessing. I can be the gift that God created me to be. Now, whether you receive that gift, (laughs) it's up to you. Whether you receive that blessing, it's up to you. I had uh, one of my sisters, um, she and I, even as, as, as you, we never built a bond because, again, like I said, I left the home fairly early and she was, you know, a little bit younger than me. And she and I started to build a relationship a few years back. And every time she would call me and she would have a challenge at work and I would walk her through it and talk her through it and coach her and empower her to use her voice and, and and we would just strategize on how she would deal with things. She's she's highly intelligent and like and and I think I've shared this before. My family, probably the most brilliant minds that you'll ever find, highly intelligent people. But anyway, she I would just sometimes just be a sounding board for her really because she would come up with the solution herself. But I would be there to be good, bad, or indifferent. I got your back. <laughs> I'm your sister. I don't care what they did. And sometimes she would be sharing stuff with me, and I'd be like, uh, maybe you should. But hey, if that's who you are, then let's just figure out how you win. The whole goal is how do you win? How do you succeed? And, and so being that for her, and one time she said to me, she said, you know, I didn't know that you, you know, in uh, and, and so many words, I can't even remember the exact words that she said, but the essence of what she was saying is that she didn't know that I could be this uh, uh, much of a benefit in her life. So in other words, she was saying, I, I didn't know that, that we could bond like this, or I didn't know that you could support me like this and whatever. And she was thanking me for being there for her. And I said to her, that's my job. That's my job. As your older sister, it is my job to be here and to and to be an empowerment for you and to to love on you and all of that and 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 it was good until it wasn't. Because once <laughs> once our personalities clashed, 
in the sense that her values were incongruent with my values and it started spilling over into her engagement with my children. And so I challenged her about it and she got offended. And I, you know, I just said, look, I don't have time for a lot of, you know, um, back and forth and all of that. I will not do it because I love you and I will not uh, do it. And and she was insistent and persistent. And I said, "Uh uh-uh, because I'm very clear. And I think everybody who knows me understands that I'm clear about the uh, values that I have for my family, the structure that I try to create within my unit. I, I'm not going to say I was so successful. <laughs> I'm not going to say I was perfect at it. But um, what I felt like she was bringing into it, I felt it was inappropriate for the relationship, the, the auntie-niece uh, relationship, you know, not, and I'm, I'm one, I'm like my mother. I'm very principled, you know, it's, look, it's always going to be adults and, and children. And even though, you know, they catch up to a certain age, it's still, you know, certain standards with the relationship. And so when things were brought to light and brought to my attention, you know, I, I decided it was inappropriate. I brought it to her attention and she took offense. And, uh, you know, and, and it kind of it kind of seared our relationship and, and it severed whatever it was that we were building. And so I had to let it go. But I guess I share that story to say that my position in this family is to be an outsider. It is to be on the brim and outside of the core because God created me to be an enhancement, to exalt each of my family members, to love them where they are, to be an encouragement to them, to be a sounding board, to listen to them, to not judge their situation or their circumstance. The challenge for me is when some of those behaviors cross over and spill into the core of my family. And so I have to, you know, learn that balance. And I believe, you know, during this period of separation, God is going to show me. He's going to help me. He's going to He's going to heal me in those broken areas because, you know, I'm very sensitive. I'm very sensitive. You know, you take somebody who's gone through, you know, some trauma in their life. And let's say, you know, someone who has had, you know, a sports injury and maybe something that dislocated their shoulder. You know, if ever you come next to their shoulder, even in a non-aggressive manner, they may take position to protect themselves. It's the same thing. You know, I've been through some trauma, so sometimes I'm a little sensitive in areas that I should not be. So I'm asking God to heal me in those areas so that I can come back and I can be a benefit to my family. Now, here's the thing. I have no interest whatsoever in re- um, What's the word I'm looking for? And 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 because because reconciling is what is in my mind, but that's not what I want to say. But I have no um, uh, desire to go back in time and 
pull these things up to the surface and, and work through them. It's, it's no reason for me to do that. I apologize for those that I have offended. I forgive those who have offended me. I will not, I will not, I will not compromise my boundaries. I will not compromise my values. But if there are those who want to develop and grow in a relationship with me this point forward, I am open and willing to it. It's, it's funny because I was t- I was talking to another one of my sisters and I said uh, earlier I had shared with her that I wanted to, you know, do some do some or patronize her business. I wanted to patronize her business because she does such a wonderful job with some things and I got some ideas and and I just wanted to, you know, hey, why not? You know, she's my she's my sibling. Anyway, uh, but we were talking and I was saying, you know, I'm open to anybody who's open to me. So in other words, what I was saying was I'm willing to let bygones be bygones, but I am in a I'm in a mature space and place in my life where I know that there's some work that I got to do on me in order to not be toxic to my family and not hurt anybody, you know, but in the meantime and in between time, I'm open to those who are open to me, uh, who will receive me as I am, but also who can, (coughs) you know, pour into me or or receive from me or whatever it was that I was saying. (laughs) This child responded back. She said, I'm open for business. I said, ooh, note take it. Note taken. I get it. I got it. You are open for business. I wasn't offended by the things that she said. I just thought it was kind of funny because I know she meant what she said. (laughs) She meant that she is open for business. She's not trying to build no relationships and, and I get it and I got it and I respect that. And so, uh, you know, as God continues to heal within the family and I pray that he does that, he may bring us back together or he may not, but I am yet praying for the family. I am yet trusting God, uh, for his healing, uh, through the family. And once again, I know without a shadow of a doubt that God created me to be a benefit and a blessing to the family. And as a result, as a result, I, I've suffered a lot of pain and anguish and, and, and challenge in the family. And many of us have, you know, I don't want to take away from anybody else's experiences, you know, and, and what we all had to go through. We had some great times. We had some wonderful experiences with our parents. And it's so funny how the dynamics of life are so layered that you can you can have a good and a bad time at the same time, you know. But I am committed 
to allowing God to have his way, to have his way. I thank God for the lessons and I thank him for the blessings uh, that he has given us. And and I just want to encourage those who are listening. It's okay. It's okay to put yourself first. It is okay to put your family first. It is okay. It is okay for you to say, here are my values, and they may not align with the values of the people, the blood that I was born into, but God will sustain you. He will keep you. Separate yourself. Separate yourself. I I shared on my last podcast, I noticed that cussing demon, (laughs) it rose right on back up. And I'm telling you, I cussed like I hadn't cussed in a long time. One, out of anger. And then just out of common conversation because my family is a family of cussers. Uh, They will cuss. And I do not believe that that is godly. That is a sin. Uh, When I I do it, it is a sin. And so I have to repent and not just be sorrowful for my actions, but to go before God and say, Lord God, I turn from this wicked way and I yield to you. I yield to you. But while we are here and our parents are no longer uh, in this physical realm, uh, I pray that God will help us to come together uh, to be a blessing to each other, but in a healthy way, in a healthy way. I pray that we bury the toxicity, uh, the narcissist tendencies uh, that that were learned Uh, through our experience as a family, that we bury those, we bury those things, and we allow God to heal us. We allow God to have his way. We allow God to be the center focus of our lives for the remainder of our days. I thank and praise God for this opportunity to come before you today. Uh, as always, I didn't expect to be here this long. <laughs> so I'm going to stop. I'm going to take the limits off. I'm going to take the you know constraints off and just present to you what God has presented to me. I had some other materials that I wanted to go through that I haven't even touched on. So we're going to do a part two of this thing. But I thank and praise God for each of you who are under the sound of my voice. And I just want to take a moment to to just pray. Father God, for those of us, Lord God, that are challenged with family issues, Lord God, for those who are suffering through generations of toxicity and and dysfunction in the family, some that uh, have lived through this dysfunction. And this dysfunction is what allows us to function because we have become so common with these behaviors and this lifestyle. Father God, I just pray today, Lord Jesus, that you will help us, Lord God. Help us, Father God, to love you and to love one another. Help us, Lord God, to set the right expectations and the right boundaries over our families, Lord God, and over our lives, Lord Jesus, according, Lord God, to your purpose and your plan, Lord God. Father God, I thank you, Lord God, for reconciling relationships that need to be reconciled, Father God. I thank you for healing, Lord God, in areas that need to be healed, Lord Jesus. Father God, I just thank and praise and honor you today. I thank you for fixing 
in it, Lord God, in every area that is broken. I thank you, Lord God, even now. In Jesus' precious and holy name, we pray. Thank God and amen.